My name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Podcast, which I do every week with Jason T. McMaster. That's me. here, Jason. That's you. That is you. With your brand new... Uh, live, like direct microphone feed. Man, you sound great. Let's hear a little of your awesome direct microphone fed voice. One, two, one, two. This is the jump off right here. We're going to the gravel pit. I did not know you were going to rap, but that was lovely. Well, sure. We also have with us this week, by the way, I'm sorry, I cut you off, Jason McMaster. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I, I was just going to thank you for praising my rapping skills. You are so street. Well, I try. Speaking of street, we have with us this week uh, a fellow who posts on the forum as Mary Prankster, which obviously puts you in mind of cute little elves and hobbits and stuff. Uh, but we are going to call him Matt on the podcast today because that is his name. Matt, it is good to talk to you again. Welcome here. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, you are in Vermont. How much maple syrup is in your house right now? Uh... You know, I think less than a pint. I gotta be honest. Whoa, is that that's getting a little low? And is that is that like is that crisis level? No, no, it's not really crisis level. I only have waffles a couple of times a week, so it's fine, or rather a month, so that's fine. All right, I will I will trundle on through. And if I need more, I just go to the bakery, and there's a couple hundred gallons there, so good. Okay, just pour some off. So I have, I have reserve supplies in place and easily accessible in the event of a uh, syrup emergency. Okay, good. Uh, McMaster, how's your syrup level doing? Uh, yeah, I believe we have, yeah, maybe a pint here, maybe something like that. By the way, <laughs> speaking of syrup, actually, this is entirely relevant. There's a fella on the forum named Nelly, and that, that in a, of itself is kind of funny because he's actually a fella and not a chick. Uh, I imagine oh. Nelly is short for Nelson or, or, or something. Uh, and my cat says hello, by the way. Uh, but Nelly is in England, and Nelly, no joke, keeps bees. Why? Oh, I some people do this, uh, and I think here's why. I think he has an ulterior motive to do it because bees, uh, they would. I don't know if they spit it out or if they they weave it or if they craft it by mixing components. Uh, but bees make honey. You see? Oh, interesting. Yep. And so Nelly actually sent me a jar of English bee honey, which is oh. awesome. Uh, and unfortunately, the English bee honey is a casualty of an ongoing war that I have had in this house with ants. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, That's so no good. It is no good. And the ants, I can normally, like, I'm, I'm equipped to deal with this war, and I know not to leave out food and whatnot. But sometimes they come in after, like, water, or I have a whole ordeal where I have to keep them out of my cat's food, and I create little uh, saucers with water in them to make moats, like anti Ants moats, which actually works. If you have cat food on your kitchen floor and ants get into it, fill a saucer with water, put the bowl in the middle of the saucer. The ants can't get to it. A tip of the hat to my, my brother-in-law, Peter Davidson, who who taught me that trick. Um, but anyway, so I'm sorry. I'm, I'm off on a tangent of ants. No, but, no. But real quick, go so I go I, I go into the kitchen in the morning, and sure enough, I see the ant trail. It's this little Hoshiman trail, and you're like, okay, where are you guys going? Because I'm going to bomb your supply line. I, from years of experience with RTSs, I'm equipped to deal with this. So I follow their trail, and it's like this crazy trail, like along the counter and up to the ceiling, and then along the sort of the 
what's the opposite of a baseboard? The whatever the top part of a baseboard. Crown molding. I'll call it that. Thank you, Matt. That's uh, what it's called. And then over the oven where the How crown fortunate. molding is. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for, thanks no, for that. No problem. Matt, you've earned your keep for the day. Well played. Perfect. So anyway, I follow this Hoshimin trail, and sure enough, they've gotten into the freaking cabinet, and they're all over Nellie's honey. Oh. Uh, so I was like, well, do I just wipe it clean? Have they infected the entire jar of honey? And uh, it, and and actually, when, <laughs> this was terrible. When I went to pull it out and to take care of it, I dropped it right into the eggs I was preparing for breakfast. It smashed a bowl. Scrambled eggs went all over the kitchen. I, you know what? Basically, it was a victory for the ants. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so Maybe I, it's I, just I, cursed. Yeah, it could be cursed honey. Oh, Nellie. That, those, Maybe Nellie's upset with you and mailed you some cursed honey. It could be like some English thing because mm-hmm. they lost the War of Independence, so they're getting back at us, sending us cursed yeah. honey. Uh, wow. It's possible. So anyway, so so Matt, don't send me any syrup because I have not I have not actually closed off the ant avenue of attack for certain yet, and I'm sure they would get into any syrup you sent me. So. Well, now I have a syrup-related question for you guys. Do you guys actually use real maple syrup, or do you buy that, like, Mrs. Butterworth stuff from the store? Mm. McMaster? Uh, it depends. I mean, yeah. I've used both. Uh, like, yeah. I prefer for real maple syrup, but sometimes, hell, Mrs. Butterworth's going to do the job. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Now, does that, does, that offend, does that offend you as a, Ver, a Vermonter, a Vermontian, a, a Vermose person? Uh, mostly it offends me as a human being with taste buds, actually. <laughs> so, but. Well, my answer to that question, and I, 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 I feel like I'm going to sound like one of those guys who, when people are talking about a TV show, one of those guys who bursts in the conversation and says, I don't watch TV. Uh, my answer to that question is I actually don't eat a lot of sugar, so I don't even have syrup, I'm afraid. Really? I know, I know. Well, hypothetically, had you some syrup, what kind would it be? It would be the junky stuff. I don't think I have <laughs> enough taste to appreciate the, the real stuff. I, I apologize for that. And no, I, I feel like I'm not doing my part to sustain the economy of Vermont. Yeah, we do okay up here. Okay. Uh, it is two different things, though. Like One is sugar, corn syrup, goo, and the other one is a delicious maple treat, so... I think I would be which, which which. the difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With the maple treat is the Mrs. Butterworths, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's what comes from a tree. Yes. Uh, Matt, tell us a bit about what you do up there in Vermont. Besides, uh, you're like a ski bunny, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a ski bum. Well, actually, I, I said ski bunny. Yeah, no, I'm not really much of a ski bunny. Uh, I apologize. I know, I know several. They're nice. <laughs> I highly recommend ski bunnies whenever possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I spend I spend a lot of my time on skis whenever when I can. Can you ski in August? Uh, not in Vermont. You have to go down to South America for that. Mm. Can you ski in September? Mm, not really. It's you. Honestly, it's it's really like early December to uh, I don't know March is the ski season here. Mm-hmm. So. Oh. You I got a ways get, to go. I know, I know. A couple of months. It's, it's starting to get cool, though. Leaves are starting to change. I'm seeing tour buses full of people, uh, you know, showing up to look at our leaves, which apparently is something special. I'm not. I don't get that entirely, but uh, well, you know what? I do. In, so I remember that from when I was when I lived in uh, in Boston. I remember like driving out into the other end of the state, you know, in Massachusetts, and like looking at 
leaves change. And uh, it's actually you, – you probably don't care because you're used to it. But I, I remember it being just very beautiful. Uh, it's probably lost on you because you're a local. Well, yeah, completely lost on me. I'm used to it. But the nice thing is it does bring a lot of business. And I have started up a new fledgling uh, business as a chocolatier. Um, and that will bring in tourists who will like to buy Vermont-made products, and that's what this is. So I'm hoping that uh, we see some decent sales here this fall when all the busloads of tourists roll in. So we'll find out. Now, just to clarify, a chocolatier is someone who sits around and eats a lot of chocolate. Is that right? Actually, a chocolatier is someone who makes uh, hot fudge sauce to put over Sundays and whatnot. Ah, I imagine there's probably a lot more demand among tourists for that than coming in to watch someone eat chocolate. Yeah, I tried the first one last season, and it didn't go real well, so I figured I'd make some chocolate and try to sell that instead. Um, now, how do you make chocolate, and are bees involved? Uh, bees are not involved, and I could tell you how to make chocolate, but unfortunately, then I would have to kill you. Ah, like trade uh, secrets. Yeah, Good. exactly. So, And I, I'd hate to have to kill you. That's such a drag. He's, he's right. I actually went to school for that. Did you? I went to culinary school, yeah. Did you really? Yeah, for pastry. Oh, nice. One of my uh, my sister and her husband actually both went to New England Culinary Institute. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah they're, my family is foodies, so that's why we eat the real syrup. Well, yeah. So shame on you for going to culinary school and then buying Mrs. Butterworth. You should know better, sir. Oh, I do. I live on the edge, though. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> Every once in a while, you hop in there and you roll the dice with some Mrs. Buttersworth and see what happens. Yeah. I hear Our Renaissance I hear man. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so, does this mean that you guys are going to be making dinner for me tonight? Sure. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I'm all over it. I, got I was the- not. I love that I'm in the company of two uh, culinary artists. I, I feel oh. privileged. I mean, to be fair, I'm the black sheep of the family, so I am not a. I'm a culinary enjoyer, not a culinary artist. <laughs> Now, as guys who have actually are trained culinarists, uh, what are do you have like a specialty? Both you, McMaster, and you, Matt, do you guys have like something that you're not, maybe not known for, but your strong point, your forte? Um, I guess for me, I, bread, and uh, I did some chocolate and uh, sugar sculptures. So let me lay this out for you, McMaster. It's uh, you're in the doghouse with Sarah. You have done something terrible. You deleted her saved game uh, in, I don't know, World of Warcraft or something. No, that doesn't work that way. But you deleted a saved game. She spent 80 hours. You know you're in the doghouse. What are you going to make to try to get extra points? Oh, man. Well, people really like my key lime pies. Mm. Ooh, pie. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I've, I've made a lot of those. Handmade crust. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Matt, similar situation for you. One of your uh, your favorite ski bunnies of the month. You, uh, I don't know, you broke her her leg. You sent her down the wrong, what do you call it, uh, run, slope, course, track, maze. I don't know what you call them. She went down the wrong one. She broke her leg. It's your fault. What are you going to make for this ski bunny to make up for uh, the grievous injury you inflicted on her? Well, I would have to say probably, geez, it's a toss-up. It would either be hot fudge sauce would make up hot fudge sundaes, or I also make a pretty mean manicotti. Oh, so depending nice. on the time of the day, you know, is it later in the day? Are we ready for ice cream or are we hungry? That I would I would adjust for the, those parameters, but Good. those are my, my two staples. I'll have to say well played to both of you. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> uh McMaster, what are we going to do? First of all, uh, I probably should have, uh, because when we start, I should probably like say the date, maybe, 
Uh, oh, sure. So, so let's pretend we're backing up. McMaster, what day is it? It is September 1st, 2011. Very good. Uh, and what, what is our format? What are we going to bring folks on the podcast this week? We're going to bring forth from our mighty loins. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> easy, pal. I don't know what you're doing over there, but uh... <laughs> I don't know what I have to provide here. I didn't know that that was going to be expected of me. But yeah, you know what? You did not email me that that was a prerequisite, Tom. So <laughs> yeah, let, let me do some quick girding here. Uh, all right, you so you didn't say anything about our essence. <laughs> no, uh, no. Sadly, I missed that memo. Oh, okay. All right, so from, from the point – I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. So whether it's from our loins or whatever, what are we bringing, folks? Uh, well, on this one, we're bringing uh, Game of the Week, Post of the Week, and News of the Week. Very good. All right. Uh, Matt, are you ready for this format? Last time you and I hung out on a podcast, there were no such demands placed on you. I know. I had homework last night. Uh, potentially I'm ready. I don't know okay. how – well ready i am but we'll find out all right good well let's let's jump into it let's start with you know what i'm gonna let my cat run the proceedings today uh he's sitting here asleep he's actually a little i think he's ill i don't know what's wrong with him but uh, he's kind of under the weather and he's sitting here in the sun so i'm gonna ask him shadow cat do we want a game of the week a post of the week or a news story of the week to start all right he said news story of the week so starting with that, and let's go in uh, alphabetical order by first name. So hold on, let me do some quick math. That means uh, yeah. Jason T. McMaster, you are first. What do you got for us? All right. My new story of the week is something I found a little odd, um, and that is from GameSpot Partnership Marks Online's first large-scale business force facing push. And that's, this is from Gamma Sutra by Tom Curtis and Chris Kraft. So, oh, you know what? I'm, uh, <laughs> the game's, it's GameSpot, isn't it? I thought that was GameStop. Never mind. That you know what? Fine. I confuse them. That's a, that's perfect. It's only two letters. Oh, you change the position, and yeah, I understand your confusion. And I'm oh. dyslexic, so that happens to me all the time, so don't worry about it. Yeah. That's right. I'm, you're in good company. I'm getting <laughs> awesome. Um, well, you know. Luckily, I do have a backup, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> which is L.A. Noir developer Team Bondi placed into administration. Okay, wait. Hold on. Hold Ooh. on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Did you really have a story that you misread and you just now called in a substitute? Yes. <laughs> I just want to say, McMaster, that was some quick thinking, my friend. Well played. Well. I do what I can. I, no, I, <laughs> nicely, I, done. I, nicely done, sir. I, very, pick like, I pick like 15 stories before. <laughs> very I scour the interwebs for news. And <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so after that last-minute substitution, it's it's the thing about Team Bondi. Are they actually closing? Yeah. What's going on with those guys? You know, uh, I, I'm not exactly a big investing buff, but I'm assuming administration's bad. So uh, I believe they are closing. And now, what does this mean for those of us who were kind of meh about uh, L.A. Noir? It means I don't think there's going to be a sequel. Mm. By Team Bondi. Well, right, exactly. Yeah, they uh, they haven't made a lot of fans um, from anybody, really. Uh, I mean, other than, I mean, it was, I, I thought the game was okay. It was mm -hmm. an adventure game. And it just kind of wasn't paced or, like, really advertised as an adventure game. Um, but 
uh yeah they they had severe working conditions um the guy they've just kind of been poorly managed company it took seven years to develop la noir which is a really long time in game development terms even for a rockstar game yeah yeah even for i mean hell that's pretty long for i mean a 3d realms game i mean a blizzard game although you know what yeah you're right i think 3d realms is uh well i think you went right to the extreme case of that and yeah 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 that was pretty rough um the uh, blizzard's not exactly the quickest group uh so, so you can't really say uh by the way i'm waiting for my diablo 3 beta invite blizzard hint um good luck with that yeah but, uh, yeah, so Team Bondi will be no more, and it looks like L.A. Noir will be a one-time thing. Now, uh, I thought, uh, mm-hmm. excuse me, I thought L.A. Noir sell, sold pretty well, though, didn't it? You know what I did, too? Oh, I thought it was, like, a commercially successful game. Yeah, I, I thought no one liked it, but that it sold okay. No, uh, yeah, it sold really well. It's just, um, it, it's just all the allegations came out about the working conditions uh, that Team Bondi said and how... The harsh everything was for them, and how long. Yeah, well, maybe they're, excuse me, maybe they're just being restructured through administration. That maybe they've stripped out the, the build teams, and they're going through and uh, restructuring management to better produce products. It's possible. They might pull that could out. Be. Yeah. Um, I, don't I will know. say though that uh, I mean McMaster for for a company that you know that creates this big high profile game, they got a lot of press. They seem to have this odd wave of negative publicity following up after the release of the game, rather than you know here's this small Austra- oh, small here's this uh, this previously not well known Australian developer and look at this game that they've done. Instead, we had all this stuff about their working conditions, their relationship to Rockstar. Uh, there did seem to be an odd wave of bad publicity after L.A. Noire. Oh, and by the way, administration uh, basically means bankruptcy. Actually, thank you for clarifying that because I'm I'm not very financially sophisticated, and so like administration, I didn't know if that just meant they're on probation. Uh. Yeah, there's a there's a comment uh, on the Gamma Sutra story by Mike Rose, uh, but the comment itself is by a poster named Danny Wu that says it means the receivers will come in and sell everything. The IP, however, usually remains with the publisher. So Rockstar probably will still have La Noire, and I'm, mm. you know what? I'm guessing we will see a sequel. Yeah, we could. Funny, yeah. Yeah, they might uh, they might take that uh, technology. Well, well, actually, yeah. Like I, I for, say what you will about the limitations of La Noir, but I loved their that motion cap and that facial expression technology. I would love to see more of that. Uh, so yeah, so, it was Matt, really I, good. Yeah, it was great, and it was you know what it kind of made it hard for me to play uh, Deus Ex. Like I watched the animation in Deus Ex, and I'm like. Man. God, everybody's like dancing all the time. And yes, they're like moving around or electric sliding or whatever. It just bugs me. God. The, the future. Maybe you just catch movie. everyone like right before their bathroom break or something. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So uh, no more team Bondi, Matt. How does that make you feel? Uh, pretty ambivalent mm-hmm. toward that. I, I never played in La Noire. I may eventually. I don't know. Uh, but sort of, I'm, I'm kind of a whole lot of whatever on that one. Yep. Uh, L.A. Noir, I would say it's not really worth playing, but unfortunately, it's a story worth telling that you can't really experience without playing the game. YouTube. There you go. Well, yes, exactly. Uh, Problem solved. Once again. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, so let's see. Going down the list, I see next, if we go in alphabetical order for News Story of the Week, it comes to you, Matt. What do you got for us? All right. Well, I actually have three news stories that are all sort of interrelated. Um, The first is the 3DS Rewards program for people who bought prior to the price drop. Mm -hmm. The second is the GameStop $50 rebate for the Deuce X debacle. Um, for people who purchased that and were frustrated at the little <laughs> card being removed. And uh, the last is Steam doing refunds for From Dust as a result of complaints about uh, the DRM. And that was actually initiated by Ubisoft, I believe. And kind of the, the common thread here and sort of the, the, the nice thing to see is is companies standing up for their mistakes a little bit in a real way. I feel like the games industry, for as long as I can remember, has been a bit buyer beware. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of nice to see some kind of recognition of, you know, helping satisfy customers. I know, you know, we talked about I ski a lot, and I've got all this Patagonia North Face stuff that I've had for, you know, 10, 15 years. And every time I have a problem, I mail it back in, and they either mail me a whole new coat or set of pants or they fix it or whatever. You know, they, they don't stop until you're happy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that hasn't really been happening much in the games industry, and it's nice to see these steps I feel like it's a maturing, perhaps, of the business that they're actually, oh, concerned that their customers enjoy their experiences and want to come back for more instead of just being like, well, we've got your money. See you later. Tough luck. Your game doesn't work. Fallout 3. New Vegas. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's, uh, where's Obsidian with my uh, $60, by the way? But, but you know what, Matt? That's an excellent point and good catch that you've got these three instances in rapid succession. I mean, these are all good signs, and it's, uh, it's great to see them sort of following up one on the other with, with this sort of making good on, on errors. Uh, Jason T. McMaster, how many of these uh, rebates or refund kind of things are you going to end up getting? Oh, um, so for your DS, you got DS, right? You're getting yes, actually, I, I do get the DS. I do get the 3DS stuff. Uh, uh, you didn't play uh, From Dust on the PC, right? No, that was 360. And uh, did you have filched out of your copy of Deus Ex Human Resources your on-live coupon? No. All right, so you're in for one and three. Matt, do you, will you be the direct recipient of any of these kind of situation, rebate situations? No, not at all. Uh, I did not get a 3DS. I do not plan on playing Sex anytime soon, and I probably am not going to play From Dust either. So, so it's I'm more gonna... of a general spirit kind of thing than any real positive win for myself. Right. I'm going to consider that uh, two spoilers for what I know are not your games of the week then. Yes, yes, possible <laughs> spoilers. You never know. Okay, so my news story of the week. Uh, now, I'm sure you guys know about this thing called Call of Duty XP which is not downloadable content. It's not the free XP weekend or whatever. This is their version of BlizzCon. And my news story of the week is tickets are still available. Shocking. When When is it? It is uh, tomorrow. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> so you, you guys need to hurry up and get out here. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. now, now what you will get for your ticket. Uh, oh, How much I, is your ticket? It's only 150 bucks. Oh, well, that's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, for a day of stupid no, no, stuff. Not, all right, not, no, 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 go wait, ahead, wait, go wait, ahead. I'm, I'm prejudging, I'm prejudging. First of all, it's not just one day, it's two days, dude. Why we would I want to go days. to that for two days? Well, let me tell you why. Because <laughs> they have the, uh, I should look it up what it's really called. Uh, you know what, I'm going to look it up. Hold on, I'm, let me, uh, let me, I'm going to kill some time uh, while I type in, hold on. If you go to Call of Duty, 
We're going to do the Call of Duty. This is the exciting part of the podcast where we Google things. Oh, okay. All right. Slash my seat. I'm ready. Actually, you know what? I don't even need to Google. I know the URL. I'm going right there. This is like direct interneting. Like, ah! You don't even have it bookmarked? Oh, man. You know what? I don't. And I'm obviously getting a, not that into it. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you how not into it I am. I'm getting 404 <laughs> not found. So I'm just <laughs> You found it, the, Master? Yeah. Calladuty.com forward slash XP. Yeah. Okay. Well, Google got me there. Now, what if you go to experiences, because they, they, they'll tell you on the website, because tickets are still available, you can go. You can get your two days in. Here's what you'll get for your 150 bucks. First of all, you get the game. So that right there. That's, That's like sixty bucks knocked off. All right, fair yeah, enough. So you got to ninety dollars. You're like, what am I going to get for my ninety dollars above and beyond getting the game? What you're going to get uh, on Thursday night, the Dropkick Murphys play. I think we talked about it on one of the earlier podcasts. Yeah. On 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 not on Thursday on Friday night. On Saturday night, Kanye West plays. So you get to go to basically two concerts. All right. You, you also, uh, they have the uh, the Dew Bunker. It's like a Mountain Dew thing. You go to the Dew. Oh bunker. no. Yeah, and you can you, probably get free Mountain Dew. Do you funnel Mountain Dew there? Uh, do you do what? Are there prizes for who can funnel the most Mountain Dew? Oh, God, is that like shotgunning a beer? Yeah, you remember beer uh-huh. pong, the funnel, you got the plastic tube and the funnel yeah, but- at the end, you pour beers in there, we can start funneling Mountain Dew and award prizes. Oh, why would you do that with Mountain Dew? You're making me, uh, I'm going to... Because have- it's a Mountain Dew bunker, why wouldn't you funnel Mountain Dew in it? First of all, it's cooler than that, it's not a Mountain Dew bunker, it's a Dew bunker. You just oh, say well, the all right. part. The Sorry, a, a dew bunker. Pardon me. Uh, there's uh, some sort of a Jeep ops experience. I guess you're probably going to get to look at a car, a Jeep. Uh, there's uh, a Burger Town, which, of course, is one of the fictional restaurants in one of the maps in Modern Warfare 2. So they're going to set up a Burger Town. You go get a burger, and you say, hey, I ate at Burger Town, which is where I fought one of the battles. Um, they're going to have actual weapons you can look at. I don't think you can shoot them, but you can go look at you know, a real, I don't know, M249 or whatever. See what it looks like in person. That was uh, weird. That that that's weird. What getting to look at weapons? Yes. But that's don't you want that? By the way, McMaster, we we lost your awesome, rich, mellifluous tone of having the direct mic feed. Oh, did you? Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Stupid. Like stupid. you're back in your submarine. Which you know what? That's fine. If you want to broadcast from your submarine, that's fine. I think you're supposed to leave that little thing with the three arrows on it plugged in. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Is, is this better? That's, that's yeah, much better. Hey, McMaster, you sound awesome. Welcome back. Oh. Uh, now, here's also here's what I think you're really getting for your 90 bucks if you go to Call of Duty XP. They are setting up a, uh, a quote-unquote, astonishing real-world recreation of the map Scrapyard from Modern Warfare 2. Now, I don't know if you guys know Scrapyard. Scrapyard is the one where, like... Oh, I know Scrapyard. Do you really? Are you being facetious? Oh, yeah. No, no. I played Call of Duty 4 every night for like a year and a half. Okay, so you know Scrapyard is the really yeah. tiny one where you're like, oh, there's only four of us. What are we going to do? You have to go to Scrapyard, right? It's that little teensy map. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't believe for a second that it's a, a, a full-scale recreation because if I'm not mistaken, doesn't Scrapyard have like a tower in the middle with a crane that you can climb up on and shoot people down from there? Ooh, I don't think so. No, come on. Really? Doesn't it have some bits that you climb up in the oh, middle? Oh, God. I'm trying to remember which one Scrapyard is now. It's been like two years since I played. I don't think it has a crane in the middle, though. We need Harko- Harkonis on this podcast. He'd know for sure. Oh, you know what? Is it just the one with the cargo containers? Uh... 
It could be. <laughs> We're all terrible. Matt, you suck at remembering Call of Duty, Matt. Like, yeah, apparently I do. I thought Scrapyard was the one with the helicopter in the middle of it. Maybe I say I don't remember anything. It's a helicopter. I could be. I could be wrong. Like there was one with a downed helicopter in the middle of it. I thought that was Scrapyard. I think that's all of them. Oh wait a minute, no. Scrapyard with the. Are you thinking of the airplane graveyard? No, the, it's like a bunch of building. Why are we really talking? Are we talking about this for real? I know, this is, Master, get, in, get in here with your uh, with with your poorly informed opinion as well. Don't leave us hanging. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, geez, I'm trying to remember Scrapyard. I was thinking it was the plane one as well. I, yeah, it is the plane one. I think. The no, because they're like not going to do a full scale recreation with wrecked airplanes. That's way. I. It's got to be just either that little tiny cargo container one, or I think it's the one I'm thinking of that has a crane in the middle that you can climb up on. I don't know. You know what? Maybe not. Whatever the case, here's the one I would have rather seen. That um, that nuclear test site. It's supposed to look like a little suburban cul-de-sac with a school bus in the middle. Come on. You guys oh, know. God. Yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. No, no, no. I'm back to uh, uh, Scrapyard is the airplane hangar. Yeah. Uh, too late. We've moved on, Matt. Nope. Too oh, late. You missed your opportunity to Google it back then. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Quick on the draw over here. So now, what's, what's the name of the out? nuclear test site one? Because, come on, isn't that one? That one has personality. It's small. I guess you would need authentic backyards, and you'd have to get the school bus. I think there's a Humvee on it. You'd need to have all the dummies set up. But still, I think that would be a, a way better map to set up in, in person. Yeah, you guys with me on that? Let's uh, sure. let's let's go to Call of Duty XP. Let's yeah. find out for sure which one is Scrapyard. Because here's the deal: you for your 90 bucks, I don't. I imagine there's going to be a crazy long line, and most people aren't even going to get to do it. Yeah. But a few lucky people get to play paintball on this uh, Scrapyard recreation. Um, I would like to say too mm-hmm. that, that um, you don't get just regular Modern Warfare 3; you get the hardened edition. So at least that's probably like another 10 or 20 bucks. And what comes? Do you get like night vision goggles in there or something? What do you no, get? No, the hardened ones, uh, the ones I usually get, are the they just have like the metal case or whatever. Oh, okay. Hence the name. All right. Mm. Uh, do you, McMaster, have any hardened editions of games in your collection? Oh, I got a few. Yeah, Resident Evil. Um, I have a case for you know the metal case for that. Marvel vs. Capcom. Uh, Modern Warfare Two. Um, geez, Black Ops. Wow. Gears- Gears of War games. Uh, You're quite the collector. Do you have a lunch Halo Wars? I have a I have a Metal Halo Wars. Is it do you have any do you have a lunchbox for any of these cuz those are kind of like I have are, Fallout 3 lunchbox. <laughs> Is that really true? Yeah. Ah, nice. All right. <laughs> yeah, I got a little over the board. In fact, my wife uh Sarah was a bit Peeved, but she kept asking me for her own Xbox because uh, she wants to play Pinball FX2 without the shadow, I guess, of me hanging over her. And uh, frankly, but, McMaster, it would make for a more honest portrayal of your high scores. Yeah, she also wanted me to tell you that she made like $68 million on the deep, uh, whatever that is. Don't care. No one cares. The table's dead to me. Well, okay. I, have, I have a Pinball FX-related <laughs> question. You guys do know that, like, Jared HK's super score is, like, 2,100, right? Don't care. His super score is <laughs> dead to me. I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there for perspective. I, I was checking that before we got on it, here, and I was soon, like, holy cow. Yeah, you know what? As soon as Jason McMaster passed my super score by 100 <laughs> points, I, competitive pinball died to me that day. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I was right. like, <laughs> 
I, I like to hear that when you fall behind, you just give up. I think that's really the spirit that drives us to excellence. Well, the, what it is is I really I, – I, I did beat my head against some of those tables, like that stupid Rome table. I did sit down recently, and I played freaking Rome. Oh. My high score my high score in Rome, 7 million. Come on, that should be easy to beat. For the life of me, I couldn't beat my freaking 7 million, and I just came to the realization that I'm not good at pinball. I don't know how people do that. I just – kick the ball out there and whatever happens happens and sometimes i get a lot of points so you know what i i'm just saying this so that when i finally do beat the super score i can safely gloat about it but for now i'm so over competitive pinball yeah it's done <laughs> but no the um she wanted uh she wants her own 360 uh for pinball and other reasons and so I was like, hey, what comes out this month? A Gears of War 3 themed Xbox 360? Oh, you're wrong. That seems like something you should have in your household, McMaster. And I, I concur. That was the day of a very expensive Gears of War 3 purchases because it comes with a copy of Gears 3, but it doesn't come with the Super Special Edition. So I had to buy it, too. Wait a minute. So you've pre-ordered the Gears of War 3 like bundle and Super Special Edition and all that stuff? Yes. Wow. From Amazon, because they don't bill you until the day it comes out, and uh, they do same-day delivery. So. And uh, what day can we start playing Gears of War 3? September 20th. <laughs> you know this. Very good. Yes, unless you want Cliffy B to banzor your ass or Mark Rain or whoever, then you can go download it and play it on your JTAG or can you all, Can't you also get in trouble if you right now, McMaster, on this podcast, give away story spoilers? I believe so, yes. All right, so don't say anything. But, well, I haven't played it. I, uh, I, uh, I, you know, I won't say that there wasn't any temptation, but there's a. I don't want to ruin it. I want to play the game with everybody, and and the way it was meant to be played. Jason T. McMaster, who is the cooler hero, Dom or Marcus? <sighs> you know, that's a tough one. I'm actually. Uh, I don't know. I actually might have to go with Coltrane, but yeah, that's you know what I was setting you up for a trick question, and you, I thought that would be like a Kobayashi Maru to you, and you just totally <laughs> got around it. You figured out the right answer. You are the James T. Kirk of this podcast right now, Jason T. Master. <laughs> well played. The the T obviously stands for Tiberius. Well played, Jason T. Master. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I feel quite humble to be in your beloved. <laughs> Or your presence here, sir. <laughs> uh, well, I, Matt, what what games do you have collector's editions of? What games have you gone and spent the extra 10, 20, 30 bucks for a hardened edition, a collector's edition, a sculpture, a Master Chief helmet, whatever? Confess got, right now. Well, I got I, I'm sad to say that there is nothing hardened about my collection. So Come on, it's nothing? shameful, but wait, was that was that a penis joke? I don't think so. Okay. I, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> Come on, seriously, you've never sprung for a collector's edition of something. Uh, well, you asked what's in my collection, not if I've ever sprung for a collection. That's two different questions. Wait a minute. What kind of springing is it if you buy it and then get rid of it? It's a sprung that sprung and sprung away. <laughs> it's it sprung its course. All right, fair yeah. enough. Is there anything coming up that you're like, I'm getting the collector's edition. I don't care Ooh. how many extra dollars I'm spending. Possibly Dark Souls. Oh, yeah. What is that Dark might be. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, Tom. What oh, right, is right. Of course, right. So, you know what? I should have known that about you, which we're going to have to get into this in a minute. But, yeah, of course, Dark Souls, because you are a PS3 fanboy. It comes on both platforms. Of course, I'm not some sort of tourist, so I will be playing it on the PS3. But 
the Johnny uh, Lately's can have a nice time on their 360 with that one. I'm actually kind of curious if there's any reason to play it on the PS3, like game-wise. I, I was wondering if there's any sort of keys or save games that'll check for that kind of. Well, thing. I I don't believe so, but I am mostly going to play because I have played well over 250 hours of Demon Souls, and I am really practiced at the controls on a PS3 controller. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to stick with that just because it's what I'm used to. Now, here's a theory that was floated to me by a friend of mine who played it on the PS3, got the Platinum Trophy. He's very proud of lording it over me. Uh, His contention has been that if you play it on the PS3, and I actually think he's inventing this to try to get me to play it on the PS3, but his contention is if you play on the PS3, you're more likely to encounter people online who already know what they're doing. If you play it on the 360 – because the previous game wasn't on the 360, there's going to be a lot of people flailing around who don't quite understand the multiplayer dimension of it. Uh, well, that's, uh, is there any truth to that, either of you? I don't particularly need... Uh, you know what I want uh, is really, if I played on the 360s, I'm just going to go, you know, black gem on somebody's ass or whatever and invade, because... Actually, I did that at E3. That was, I, <laughs> I bet that was fun. <laughs> like, you don't know yeah. how to play this game. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and so, yeah. I was talking to one of the guys showing it, and they were like, so like, you've played before. And I was like, yeah, I beat it uh, on the before it came out in America. I had the, you know, the, the pre-release, and my wife's beaten it like three times since it came out. They're like, they brought somebody over. It's like, man, this guy's beating it. His wife's beating it a bunch of times. And I was like, uh, yeah, I thought maybe you guys might have. <laughs> You're like developing it and everything. <laughs> no, no, we can't play our own game. It's far too hard. Yeah, Christ, what are you talking about? <laughs> we didn't know that was possible. Holy now, does, shit. Does either of you have the platinum trophy for uh for I do not. I am sure... Uh, a few of the crafting trophies for platinum, yeah, and I, so. I don't quite have the fortitude to grind out. I, I know how to do it. You have to in New Game Plus. You have to. I think it's. A, I can't remember. It might be a bladestone. You have to repeatedly, basically, soul farm this black skeleton, black phantom, uh, and I. It, it could be you know hours and hours of that to make that happen, and I'm just not sure I care that much about some silly little trophy. Now, aren't you? Whoa, 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 silly. Wow, look how dismissive you are. Yeah, See, why wouldn't happens. I be dismissive? Trophies and gamer score? Who keeps track of that crap? You have huh, to See, that's what happens on the PS3. That's what Sony did. They brought it in, they tried to break people because they brought in trophies, and trophies aren't as fun. Wait a minute, and it didn't break you guys? You guys didn't succumb to this? Uh, oh, no, I love it. Sure. Oh, I, yeah. I actually couldn't care less about my gamer score. I couldn't even tell you what my gamer score is right now. I want whatever whatever you're having to make you feel that way. That's uh, all right. No, I don't. I don't have any platinum trophies. I wouldn't be. I've been busy trying to get my gamer score up. <laughs> I don't think I have any platinum trophies. Yeah, well, I'm over. I'm over fifty thousand at this point. So, what do you think of that? I'm at uh, forty-two thousand three hundred and fifty. I think. Yeah, I remember when I was down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last week. Slumming it. Slumming it. I think I uh, might be above 10,000. I'm not sure. Oh, that's so adorable. That's know, that's, that's so quaint. I'm basically patting you on top of the head right now. Oh, gee, thanks, buddy. You're the best. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's go to the cat now and see what topic we're going to go to next, posts of the week or games of the week. So, Shadow Cat, what is it going to be? I'm holding up a, a piece of paper with both of them written, and he is pointing at post of the week. So uh, Jason 
T. McMaster, Jason Tiberius McMaster, uh, the one who beat this podcast, Kobayashi Maru. What is your post of the week? Um, well, that's a good question. You know, I I shudder to think, do you want to talk about the Avatars thread? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, my I, vote is also for no. Okay. All right. All right. I just thought I'd ask. So, um, all right. My second uh, choice then. What game do you champion? So Matt Boyer starts a post earlier today, actually, saying, occasionally we talk about games in the games forum. Let me, let's give that a shot. We all have favorite games. We all have games we love and play over and over again. But most of us, if not all of us, have at least one game that we can not only adore, we push on our friends, acquaintances, random internet people, and that jackass on GameFAQs who mocked our deeply researched walkthrough that one night back in high school. <laughs> What's that one super passionate game you have? If you're still not quite sure what I mean, consider Hong a Mass Effect 2. That's what I'm talking about. Sorry, Hong. And he goes on to say that his is Final Fantasy twelve because he's a big fan of Final Fantasy twelve. And the reason I mention this thread is it's really fun to kind of scroll through and see the bolded names of many games that you don't see very often. Games mm. like Darklands, um, Powermonger. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, you don't see that one very often. I've never even heard of that before. Oh, why do you hate Peter Molyneux, Matt? Yeah, I what's hate everybody. <laughs> well, Peter Molyneux. Okay. All right, to be fair, I grew up playing Nintendo games, not PC games. So my memories are like Mega Man and Zelda and that kind of stuff, not these strange PC things. So. Well, well, Power Monger also, for, if you're going to be so willfully ignorant about fantasy strategy games, <laughs> then of course you wouldn't know about Power Monger, because it, it was an early kind of RTS in the same vein as Populous, but with a more, a more traditional RTS sort of military perspective. Uh, it was like Populous, yeah. but more formal warfare stuff. RTS? What's uh... <laughs> <laughs> It's like an RPG, but different. Oh, okay, cool, cool. All right, that makes sense. Uh, well, what about you guys? And what games do you think you guys champion? By the way, uh, uh, McMaster, who whose post was this? That was Matt Boyer. Ah, Matt Boyer. Yes, we're uh, he, Matt Boyer uh, is probably tied as my favorite Matt on the forum with the Matt that we have with us today. Aww, oh, shucks! You uh, with my pathetic little gamer score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe if you had a higher gamer score, Matt, oh, cool, you would, cool. you would be in the first place. But uh, I, I could be, I could be a little cooler. Uh, so what games do you guys champion? And by the way, uh, McMaster, when Matt opened the thread, Matt Boyer, did he did he mention what game he championed? Yes, Final Fantasy XII. Oh, right, right. You said that. That's right. Yes. All right. Oh, <laughs> pay attention, Tom. Come on. Uh, we had Brad Grins with us last, uh, last week, who is also a Final Fantasy uh, champion. I bet he and Matt Boyer could form a club. I actually Probably. rather liked 12. I thought that was a good game. Is that the one I'm thinking of? The one that uh, you were like the, the, last, you the little group? Uh, PS2 one. Yeah, you had the little group that ran around and the little arcs of light went over the enemies and then you fought them and stuff. Is that the one I'm thinking of? I think it's the one that had the crashed airplane in the middle. Oh, right, right. <laughs> no, uh, that's totally different. Sorry. Never Wait, mind. was it? I think 12 was the one that was. Uh, that... Like you set up the gambits in 12, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you set up. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like programming. You scripted everything, basically. But yeah, yeah. yeah it was. It was like you didn't go to a different, different like screen or anything. You just fought in the environment. 
Yeah, I like that. Nice and low maintenance. All your little dudes just do what they're told. You don't have to t- go into each guy and be like, all right, now do this, you idiot. Why can't I have to keep telling you? You do the same thing every turn anyway. Yeah, Champ- I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, what what games do you guys champion? Uh, Jason T. McMaster, what what would you think of when you read this forum? What what game would you would come to mind for you? I don't know. What, ga- what game would you guys think? I know, I-, I know totally the answer, and I'm afraid that if we mention League of Legends, you're just going to go off... We're, we're going to hear about it for 30 minutes and how their their prize was bigger than the Dota 2 prize. Oh, God. And, and how there's a new, what is it, detention mode or whatever. Dominion. And Dominion. Speaking of Dominion mode, it's funny you mention it. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm just kidding. I've actually, been, I, go ahead. Sorry. I'm begging those guys to let me in. You know, and, oh, come on, let me play some Dominion. But they don't. I don't think they have it really set up for outside play. But one of my friends over there is going to play it tomorrow, and I told him if he doesn't tell me about it, I'll kill him. Wow. All right. We have that on record. By the way, McMaster, <laughs> you are so keen to get into betas. Like I love Diablo, up with that. Uh, uh, Star Wars Old Republic, whatever they're doing with League of Legends. I just have I, – I think you and I, McMaster, we're like yin and yang in that I have no desire to play a game before it's finished. I want well, no part of it. You finish your game, and then I can't wait to play it. But I – oh, I just – keep me away from betas. Any beta invites I get, McMaster, I'm, sen- I'm giving them to you. What do you think of that? Awesome. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> And by the way, I haven't seen a Dota 2 invite yet, so Gabe Newell, I'm on you. Watch hey, out. Now, have you checked your spam folder? Because it's probably in there with your Old Republic invite and oh, yeah. uh, and, and your uh, League of Legends. Did Do you, you want uh, Gabe Newell's email? I bet it's something like Gabe at Valve. Uh, I have it. He's, I sent them a sketch or something when I, they gave me that tour, and he sent me a nice note saying how much you liked it and thanks and Glad you enjoyed the tour kind of thing. So if you want to harass him, I would be willing to sell his email to you. Tempting. All right. I think yeah, you guys should talk after the podcast. I think I, I feel I feel some some real networking being done here. <laughs> Perfect. So I'm Matt, bringing down the system. That's why I'm in all the betas. That's right. You're, you're knocking on their doors, McMaster. Uh, Matt, what game do you champion? Well, I posted in this thread prior to this, and shockingly, I championed Demon Souls. But uh, to bring up something else, the, the prior to championing Demon Souls, I used to champion uh, the original Ninja Gaiden Black on 360. Oh, good lord! Why oh, would you do that? Sweet <laughs> Jesus! That's <laughs> <was> fantastic. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, well, that laughter is uh, in adulation. <laughs> Yeah, no, these are good, solid games with deep mechanics that you can, like, actually improve at as a player and then enjoy. Again, another game like that, uh, Gran Turismo 5, is another game that just takes... I apparently like games that are almost impossible to play out of the gate and that you have to spend many hundreds of hours of your life dedicated to to get good at in order to have any fun with. That's, that sounds I'm right. I'm seeking counseling, actually, <laughs> now that you mention it. That's like just telling someone to skip Wii Fit and go straight to that PX90 workout thing. Yeah, why would you bother with Wii Fit? Man up. Come on. Fair point. All right. Uh, wow. All right. I, so I'm going to – I don't know what I would champion. You know what? Yeah, I would probably like champion whatever game I liked that year, like Far Cry 2 or Brutal Legend. Ooh, or, that was good. Uh, you know what? I'm going to champion. I'm going to go on record. What am I going to champion? You know what? It was Bastion before – 
but maybe I'll champion space pirates and zombies. So put me down for that one. Put me down for being a, a space pirates and zombies evangelist. So like video games are sort of your ski bunnies. Is that what you're saying here? Yes, yes. So hot. Yeah, all right. Really a flavor of the month kind of guy. All right. <laughs> I get around. I don't know. I, know I, that I, about hear, me. I hear you. Whereas I prefer a long-term committed relationship you have to delve into and really work at to make something happen. You just want to skid across the top, you know, right. bit and by you, bit. And you still never get the platinum trophy, do you? Well, why would I want that? I don't pay any attention to those. Uh, all right, so your post of the week, Jason T. McMaster, uh, people championing games. Uh, yes. Matt, what do you got for us? What's your post of the week from the club? All right, mine is from a gentleman named Creole Ned. Yes. And his the title is Hand-Drawn Gay Maps, or Why ah. Does My Hovel Look Like an Igloo? And I chose that because I absolutely adored the maps that he drew and the way he kind of tried – he drew them quite illustratively with sort of a Tolkien-esque look to them. And you could almost see him just sort of sitting there at his desk as a wee lad drawing these things out and loving every yeah. minute of it. And I just, By the way, that's not what happened. I, did, I don't know if you read further into the thread. I don't really read the threads. I just look at the pictures. <laughs> You're just there for the pictures, right? Well, you've been misled, Matt, uh, because I had the same mental image. Is Oh, what a precocious youngster Creole Ned must have been. Uh, but he fessed up in that thread that he did those when he was like 20. <laughs> All right. Well, so kind of a dark in college. That could work, too. <laughs> Um, you know, but I, I also, you know, one of the things I like to do is, is go in my closet. I have a, about a three and a half to four foot stack of sketchbooks that date from present all the way back to probably seventh or eighth grade. And I enjoy digging through them and I can sort of see that kind of mentality in that thread of like, here's this thing I created X number of years ago and I really enjoyed it. And now I'm sort of, it resurfaces and you get like a new level of enjoyment out of it, which I think is cool. Now, do you have any stuff in your collection that was directly game-inspired? Because I know you draw a lot. I, you have a very distinctive style. And uh, But do you have anything that you specifically drew from video games? You know, I actually do have, you know, if I, if I dig through, there, there's everything from, I used to, like, remember those little books that came uh, with NES cartridges? I remember me and my friend used to, like, invent our own games and our, make our own little game manuals. When we were kids, we cut paper up and fold it in half and staple it and like draw out all the rules and we write in like all the little disclaimers at the start and draw these little characters on them and stuff. So somewhere at the bottom of the pile, there's some of that stuff. And then later on, there's just sort of sketchbook work that derived from stuff I was playing at the time that I was enjoying. I'm sure there's some Zelda stuff in there and various other things. So I love that. That's adorable. You made your own game manuals. That's yeah, great. this is, I mean, we're talking like that was like, you know, fourth grade kind of style there. Like fan so. documentation from little kids. I yeah, well, and like, but we were making up new games, you know. It wasn't like we were recreating a Zelda. Oh, you were doing we manuals were... for games that you wished existed, basically. Yes, there you go. That's awesome. Man, so we used to, me and my friends used to sit, me and my friend, I didn't have a lot of friends when I was a kid, so me and my friend <laughs> used to sit, as, as is becoming evident from this podcast, <laughs> so me and my friend used to spend our time sitting around in that doing that as opposed to say you know playing little league and whatnot man dig those up i want to see one of those you know what i will try to dig them up i i don't know what condition they're in or where they are there might be some at my mom's house some of this really old artwork is is hard to dig out and track down but i will certainly make an effort to root through and see if i can find any of that stuff my mom has a nasty habit of collecting all my art and saving it so it might uh, be our house 
Okay, well, I, you know what? We're gonna, we're, we're gonna stand by for that. We're gonna hold you to that. Uh, Jason T. McMaster, what do you have to contribute to, uh, like, childhood artwork, uh, that you've made in the old days of video games? Ah, oh, jeez. I made a bunch of graph paper maps for Bard's Tale, uh, that kind of thing. Man, that's, the Bard's that, Tale construction kit. Does that, that count? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally good. So we did a podcast uh, a week or so ago with Keith, a uh, fellow who posted Spoofy Chop, and he had all of these these great graph paper maps. Uh, and this was before it was cool to post them, by the way. He, he predated uh, Creole Ned's <laughs> awesome thread by about a week. Uh, all right, cool. But they were they were just these graph paper maps. They weren't nearly as artistic as, as what Creole Ned made, uh, but it's the same kind of thing you're talking about, McMaster, those like – you know, except his was a game called Wizard Wars that I'd never heard of. It's neat to see that stuff and like kind of like you can the tie to that, you know, where that actually is something. It's not just like a random scrap of paper. Like yeah. it ties into something that someone was really into. It's cool. I like that stuff. I I think I might actually. You know what? I don't know where these ended up, but I I used to have all of my. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. I used to have all of my like dungeons that I made because I would DM when I when we played D and D. And I know, uh, yeah, yeah, I know you're too cool. You you, <laughs> you ski bums in Vermont and uh, D and D. Uh, but I had all of my adventures that I made, and I remember. I even remember some of them in my head. Like I had one really what I thought was a cool adventure about uh, like dwarven slave traders who would kidnap elves with a giant uh blimp like an an airship a dwarven <laughs> airship and this is obviously dwarves have airships. that's awesome that's, that's the best thing i've ever heard though a dwarven oh, airship but i'm not coming, done with this matt I'm coming not, soon uh, to the sketchbook thread is the dwarven airship okay well there's more there's more what there, this airship uh would, would there, the giant hangar for the airship was behind a waterfall so, so the waterfall would have like a giant drawbridge that opens up and cuts off the flow of the water so the airship can fly in there and then the waterfall and then the drawbridge closes down and the waterfall obscures it. So the whole player mystery was where are these elves being taken who are being abducted by this giant flying whale uh, and the players have to come in and it, uh, so somewhere there's an adventure I made, and you know what? I don't know if I stole that from somewhere or if I heard it or it's something I read in a book, but at some point I made an adventure, and it became like my own D&D story as a kid. Uh, hey, so. I, I like the whole airship behind the waterfall scenario. I think it's a good one. I don't think the physics are sound. No, nah, you know, it can work. I mean, okay. Maybe, <laughs> sort of. I mean, I don't think dwarves exist either, so you're probably safe there. Oh, good point. Once you introduce dwarves, oh yeah, yeah, I got the window. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that one yet. We're worried about the physics of an airship behind a waterfall that is piloted by dwarves. <laughs> right, the dwarves piloting it—that's fine. It's the water pressure on the drawbridge that you know—that's so infeasible. Any engineer will tell you, no, no. A dwarf, a dwarf would never build that. <laughs> he, he would know better. <laughs> yeah, dwarves are great engineers. Everybody gets, knows that. Get some gnomes in there. Gnomes. Gnomes would build that. That's true. Gnomes are dumb. That's it. The dwarves pressed the gnomes into service. Yeah, I, it sounds like the norm, gnomes designed this contraption. You know what? There's got to be something like that already in World of Warcraft. They, yeah, I know you fly around in those blimps. I'm sure some of those blimps... Is there anywhere where one of those blimps goes behind a waterfall in World of Warcraft? Does either of you know? No, there's not I, that I know of. But they also do have like an underground train system for the Alliance. So, I mean... I do know about that, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that's what. Yeah, tokens and stuff. Is there like some guy sitting there, turnstiles, whatnot? 
fantasy. There's turnstiles, but nobody uh, nobody makes you pay a token. It's oh, that's nice. You can actually jump down in the tunnels and run around. You can just walk the subway if you so want. So does that come out of like the taxpayer base then, or is like how do they fund these tunnels? That's a good question. I'll tell you how they fund them with the twenty dollars subscription fees. Actually, yeah. what is it, fourteen? That that eleven million people are paying every. Let's just call that the taxpayer base then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that works. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, good pick. The uh, hand drawn maps thread from Creole Ned. Good. Nice, uh, nice. So my post of the week. Uh, is not a single post. I did not find a single post this week that uh, I felt worth mentioning, so let's move on to games of the week. Uh, we are going to go in alphabetical order, reverse this time. Oh, Ready? Yep. Yes. Here we go. Uh, so while researching my news story of the week, I uh, stumbled across, uh, apparently there's a site called CVG, and they felt the need to post as a, as a news story, and maybe they do this normally. I'm kind of out of touch with gaming news. So they felt the need to post as a news story uh, something to the effect of uh, body count scores not adding up or something like that. The whole news story was, hey, here are all these reviews for this game called Body Count, and it's getting bad reviews and low scores. So I, I saw that little headline. I clicked on it. I was like, what? And, and sure enough, this game Body Count is getting like – you know, like sevens on the seven to nine scale. You know what? It's even getting like sixes on the seven to nine scale. Yikes! So, I didn't yes. know that was possible. I know, I know. It's like it's like it's like the physics of a of a, a blimp behind a waterfall. You never knew Driven that. Driven by dwarves. It's crazy talk. <laughs> Impossible. Uh, but the thing is, here's the crazy thing: is I really like body count. Like, I don't know if you guys even know what it is. I hadn't heard of it until I got an assignment to review it. Uh, it's a a shooter developed by Codemaster Studio and in, in England land. I don't know. They have accents is all I know. But uh, it's, I think, an English developer. It's an English studio by Codemasters making a shooter. Uh, now, do you guys know Body Count? Has either of you even heard no, of I've, it? I've played it in E3. Ah, look at you, McMaster. Okay, Matt, what about you? Have you heard of Body Count? I've heard of it, and I saw the demo up on Xbox Live, but I haven't really downloaded it or played it or anything, so I'm not super familiar. Now, now, McMaster, what were they showing at E3? Like, do you remember it at all? Uh, there was some, like, part where you had to run through some futuristic Tron-looking place and do some hacking of some sort or destroy something. Um, you know what? Okay, so you know what? I saw – I wondered about that. I actually saw it at E3 as well, and just killing time, I talked to one of the developers and or whoever was showing it, a producer, developer, or yeah. whatever, because I remember that level – and as when I finally got to that level in the game, I was like, this feels familiar, but surely this isn't that generic, forgettable shooter that I saw at E3. But I think you're right, it is. It's like this weird, you're right, it's Tron-y, it's black and white, it's sci-fi looking. Uh, there's all the yeah. glowing drop, there's the little glowing tokens that fly to you when you run around. It was really weird, yeah. But then, like, they show you another level where you – these dudes, like, come breaking through walls that have machine guns. Uh, they start you out, and they say, you know, set a mine here, and the guy shoots the wall. You get his attention. He comes crashing through it, hits the mine, uh, that kind of thing. It was like a – it looked like a shanty town. 
or something. Ah, so they were showing that part. Okay, because that's, I think, yeah. part of the strength of it is that it does this this sleek, futuristic base, and it's a, it's a small part of the, the, the level progression at this point. It seems like just a, a brief sort of a visit to this futuristic base. But for, for the most part, it's in these African settings, like a shanty town, and there's a sort of an yeah. oil pipeline, and, and later there's a an Asian city. Uh, but uh, so I think part of its strength is how distinct these these places are because when you're in the shanty town uh stuff breaks like you can tear down walls and when you make explosions windows shatter and and all kinds of stuff breaks so you get to this this pristine sci-fi base and you're like okay well so much for stuff breaking uh but it still does like they do a great job of you know you're you're knocking the tiles off of the columns and you're smashing glass and uh you know you shoot into a wall and it it it, it uh, cracks and shows the machinery behind it uh it's just one of my favorite things about it is that the gunplay really does create this sense of havoc um you know you're spitting bullets yeah. everywhere and stuff falls apart and breaks uh, I, I mean i really liked what i played at e3 i mean i didn't care for like that tron like level like i thought it was kind of like yeah whatever uh, but with the, it, it's just like there was, you know, medics everywhere that kept healing the guys. And, oh, they know. showed that. Oh, because that was a cool surprise, too, is that you will kill a guy and his body's there, and you'll see another dude run up to him, and most of the time you just kill him. But I did notice eventually that so, this guy was running around the field, and there would be a little green explosion, and yeah. then there were two guys where there used to only be one guy. <laughs> so I thought yeah. it was very cool. Uh no, I think that's cool, except in the Tron-like level because you, you kind of, it was like a corridor, and you we kind of, you know you'd kind of right. get stuck. Well, like, that yeah, and yeah. that by the way, McMaster, I want to say that's another thing that I really like about Body Count is although these these labs, this futuristic base is very linear, the shantytown stuff and the Asian city stuff not the least bit linear. They're really surprisingly open levels, um, and I was really pleased at that because I just get so bored of of just going one way down a corridor. Even Fear 3, which I really liked and had some cool gameplay things to keep it interesting, that was just straight up, just move down the corridor. So it was really cool to jump into body count and discover there were all kinds of different ways you could approach uh, an area and that you could flank guys and even explore. There's no collectibles. You don't have to worry about finding hidden doodads or whatnot. But it's like the area, the level is a big playground, and you're just messing around on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really did like it when I, when I saw it E3. I was going to ask you about that this week. But, yeah. Well, um, it's my game of the week, so there's there's my answer. Uh, nice. They also do, I want to point out, because this is, I think, really special, and I don't know, you know, people who don't like it, that's cool, but I, I just wonder if they're appreciating some of these things. The early Africa levels, when you come on, you're one dude, and you're no super bullet sponge. You know, if you take a couple of shots, it's game over. You have to use cover. They have a really nice system of uh of taking cover if you just hold in the left trigger uh you can you can sort of lean around uh rather than like strafing if you pull it halfway then you're strafing but there's a great way to use cover and lean without like sticking to things all the time i really like that system but another thing they do that i really like is when you come into the levels there are two factions fighting each other so because you can't take a lot of damage, that can be problematic in a game where it's you against the world. So what they do is the world consists of two groups that already hate each other, and they're preoccupied with one another. Right. 
So you decide, you know, where am I going to come in and really get everyone's attention? Am I going to let them thin each other out for a while? Because that then plays into their scoring system. Your, your points at the end of a level and you're graded are basically how many kills you got. And if you get a kill a certain way, you get a multiplier. So if I do a headshot, then my next kill isn't going to be worth one kill. It's going to be worth two kills. So if that's then a headshot, now I've got a times three multiplier, and my next kill will be worth you know three kills. So there's this idea of do you jump in and try to get as many kills, or do you hang back and let them take care of each other and thereby not have as high a score? Uh, and it's just been that with the open level design. Uh, you pretty quickly get all of the quote-unquote special powers, which aren't that special. They're just little tweaks you can use. Um, it's, it's just it, it's been really a, a pleasant surprise. It's a short nice. game. They reuse a lot of the maps for a couple. Like in some levels, you'll go from the bottom of the map to the top of the map, and then you'll come back to the map and have to go from the top to the bottom. But because they're so open, it's not like being run back and forth through the, the library in Halo, for instance. Uh, oh, God. That so was fun. I, Everybody knows that. Everybody remembers that. <laughs> Good uh, times. <laughs> so even though uh, uh, game rankings and Metacritic and whatever aren't going to agree with me, I'm, I'm quite pleased with Body Count. It's uh, it's just a, a great shooter that gets a lot of things right and has some good gun play, uh, and that's my game of the week. Nice. So, All right, uh, let's go then in descending order, alphabetical order. Matt, what is your game of the week? Well, my game of the week for this week is probably going to have to be Arkham Horror. And it's ironic because I just went to the door to get some nice new carved black and green dice for the game that was delivered by that friendly Amazon man. How many did you get dice? Uh, I now have ten. Very nice. And they're, they're carved black and green dice. Yeah, they're nice. They have little elder signs on them for the fives and sixes. They look really cool. Oh, they're like specifically for Arkham Horror. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're nice. Uh, and so they're yeah they're black dice with little scroll work on it that looks all Lovecraftian and whatnot. Now we should warn some people this is not a video game. Oh yeah, this is one of those things where you go to like some get in this thing and there's a wheel and it's got four wheels on it and it goes down the road and then there's like you get somewhere and you open up a door and there's more people there. It's weird. That's crazy. You can't do that. Uh, so you can't do that digitally then. No, no. So I took. It's taken a little while to get used to it, but I'm adjusting well. Um, the the now, fear and disconcertion is is passing. My therapist says I should just push on through. And <laughs> good, good. Uh, now you you are. Uh, it's a co-op game, so you, yes. you're not going head to head with people. Uh, what expansions have you folded in so far? Oh, God. Well, this I'm actually playing with a couple of guys who are on quarter three. It's uh, Inspectigator and Omnisia or Omnisia or something. Uh, and oh, they live up there with you. Yeah, yeah. They, we all live in Burlington. Um, so we've gotten together. We've been playing for the last four or five weeks. And in that time, uh, and I have managed to pick up the base set, Dunwich Horror, Innsmouth Horror, and uh, Curse of the Black Pharaoh. Or Curse of the Dark Pharaoh. Right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. So they are, my, apparently my friends are planning an intervention to stop me. But what really happened is I went down, because I was down at our local game nerd hive thing, and uh, we had, they, they mentioned, oh, we buy magic cards uh, and whatnot. So I was like, oh, right. you didn't. You did not, Matt. But I brought my old magic deck down. And you sold it for Arkham Horror? Yes, of course. I haven't touched those things in like 17 years. Uh, I got like 140 bucks for them. All right. I don't know that that was wise. 
Why was that? What am I going to... I have been toting around... I, I, it wasn't a lot of cards. It was one deck of Magic cards for a good 17 years, and I don't think I've opened the box that they're in in 10. Well, McMaster and I were going to challenge you to a Magic tournament you? on oh, the podcast. Uh, and... Sadly, I am going to have to decline, given that I have resigned my deck in favor of a game that I am enjoying with my friends. <laughs> now, so that you've only done three-player games? No, we've got we've done we've had everything from seven to three. Whoa, how did seven go? Not well. That takes forever. That's yeah, insane, and it, it was hard to keep everyone kind of on track and stuff. Yep. It's just sort of <laughs> the best. Like Arkham yeah. game, really, everybody's got to be paying attention for it to be fun. And if people are wandering off to eat pizza and make phone calls, it doesn't work very well. So, have no, you beat any of the elder gods? Uh, we beat uh, Narahot. Tept or something? Nyarlathotep. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, how dare you. Come on, if you're going to fight him, at least learn how to pronounce their names. Why would I need to learn his name if I'm just going to kick his ass? Fair point. Okay. <laughs> if you don't want to respect your enemy. That's no, right. why would I respect my enemy? Nyarlathotep. Come on. Do you, now, here's another thing. Do you know Lovecraft? Like, have you read the short story? Uh, I've read I've read a few. I've read... I actually, no, I've read one. I've read Shadows Over Innsmouth years ago. Yeah, that's that's um, the popular one. That's yeah. But I forget why I read it. It was there was some reason. Someone gave me the, the little book or recommended it or something and enjoyed it. Um, uh, there's actually a, a uh, I think it's called Call of Cthulhu: Dark Corners of the Earth that has a whole action sequence that I believe is based on Shadows Over Innsmouth. Uh, okay. So, so just want to uh, uh, put that out there as far as like Lovecraft games go, no, video games. Yeah, we're we're enjoying the heck out of it, you know. It's just it's just so much fun, um, and it's definitely. It's, I mean, the last one we played it was super close. It literally we had two people in gates in the second stage, and it came down to one skill check to win or lose kind of thing. Um, so it's 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 been a good time. You get unplugging the Xbox for a little bit and actually going out and doing something with your friends, always a plus. Now I want to warn you about something. Uh oh. Uh, and I feel as long as, no, you know what, I, that's great that you're enjoying Arkham Horror. Whatever you do, don't play Battlestar Galactica. Because, yeah, I don't intend to. Yeah, my contention is it will ruin Arkham Horror for you. Why is that? Is it better? Uh, I feel, and maybe it's just me, I feel that it does the whole co-op thing far better than Arkham Horror. I mean, Arkham Horror is cool, and I like all the, the bits and pieces, and I love the flavor of it, but as far as getting people together to play a cooperative game, I just feel like uh, Battlestar Galactica has effectively blown it out of the water. I have no desire or patience with Arkham Horror anymore. Yeah, the problem with Battlestar Galactica is my intense loathing for that television series. You know what? It doesn't matter. All the better. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can get past it. Like, just, oh, I, you I, could. You I could. hated that show with a passion. And... I'm with you 110%, Matt, but uh, that's, that's beside the point when it comes to gameplay mechanics, uh, just so you know. But you know what? You don't have to worry about it because you're not going to play Battlestar Galactica Probably because you not. are going to remain content with Arkham Horror. You and Omnisha and who is it? Inspector? What, how did you say his name? Inspectigator. Nah, I think it's Inspector Tiger. No, it's Inspectigator. <laughs> you know what? That's funny that because I mentally I, I know the poster, but I mentally have read his name as Inspector Tiger, and I think yeah, of a yeah. guy you know looking over a tiger to make sure that it's uh, it passes muster. Well, he's doing that, but for a gator. Ah, <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Uh, maybe he knows Face Croc or something. Exactly. exactly. It's possible. So uh, we've been, but we've been enjoying the heck out of that lately, which has been a real good time. So good. So that's your game of the week is a board it game. Is. It is a board game, shockingly enough. Yes. 
All right. McMaster, do you have any advice for Matt as as a nascent Arkham Horror player? God, yeah, no. Only play with three or four people. That's, that's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's become clear quickly. Because, I mean, you just end up, like, whenever I would try it with more than that, you just end up never finishing the game. Yeah, it just yeah. never happens. So, yeah. yeah. And it, it, sort of, it just dismantles itself a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it becomes oppressively difficult, too. So yeah, there's that. Although it's sort of oppressively difficult. That seems to be the theme of my day, is oppressively difficult games and me enjoying them. Yeah. Do you have the Platinum Trophy for Arkham Horror? I do, in fact, have the Platinum Trophy for nice. Arkham Horror. Nice. Yes, I know, I know. Have either of you ever gotten the card? There's one card, I think it might be from Dark Curse of the... No, Curse of the... Now you've messed me up. The Pharaoh <laughs> expansion. Uh, isn't there a card that says... It might be a, an, an, uh, one of the enchanted items. Like you have common items and whatever the ancient item, rare items, whatever the other kind of item is. It's not common. Exhibit? No, it's a. Uh, it's come on, help me out here. It's where it's the deck you're trying to fish through to get elder signs. What are they called? Rare oh. items, uh, special oh. items. Come unique. on, so. unique items. Thank you. Uh, I think it. No, are they unique? Well, anyway, what, it's well, whatever. The, the one with the elder sign on the back, the red cards. Exactly. The ones that no are. No one is listening to this podcast anymore, by the way. <laughs> Come on, are you serious? There's a lot of Arkham Horror nerds out really? there. Seriously, right. come on. You've seen the thread? You 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 know there's I know, but we're talking about specific cards now. Well, but this card though, I just want to ask if either of <laughs> you has drawn the card. I think it's one of those quest cards where you know, one of the expansions added quest cards where you go to a series of locations in sequence and if you do that, you get a special reward. Oh, the Ch- missions and tasks. Those yes, are from thank Sunwich. you. Yes. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Not Matt. the curse of the gray pharaoh right yeah the the colored pharaoh does not figure into the equation uh but this card one of those cards says something to the effect of do x y and z and if you do you you win the game and all the other investigators lose yes change sides right have you ever join the winning team that's what it's called join the winning team exactly very good so i drew that card and not i did not entertain once for a moment uh the idea of actually completing it uh why not yeah because uh why not i don't have an answer to that because i would have rather been playing battlestar galactica oh. Oh. <laughs> problem solved because you were sitting there looking at this card going why am i not playing battlestar well, no, seriously no, actually, where has my life gone horribly wrong I, I seriously do have an answer for this and i think it's an important part of how arkham horror works is that game really has no provision for competitive play like there's nothing, yeah. there's no framework in that game to be pitted against the other investigators. And when a card just throws that in there as an afterthought, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother. That's not what this game is about. It's not how you play it. Uh, I just, you know what? Screw you, card. I got gypped out of a perfectly good, unique item. Uh, that's I agree. It, 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 that's pretty incongruous with the flavor of the rest of the game. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That actually did come up in our last game, and we just sort of looked at it and was like, all right, whatever, move right. on. Yeah, and, the, and, and we lost too. So I, uh, I, I, if I wanted to win, I should have gone with the winning side. Well, as the- I recall, you needed to discard one ally at each of four locations. It's so something it's, like that. Yeah, it's a you- pretty hefty card to get through, and it's not like people aren't going to figure out what you're doing while you're doing it. And then they're going to stop helping you and stop uh-huh. money yeah. and uh, yeah, exactly right. So. All right, so uh, Arkham Horror, Game of the Week, uh, a board game. I, I like it. Uh, and again, steer clear of that Battlestar Galactica. You just want no uh, part of that, trust me. 
Is this some sort of reverse psychology you're trying on me? Ha <laughs> you're right. You figured me out. That gummit. So <laughs> clever. Jeez, never seen that before. <laughs> <Actually>. <laughs> Lizard King's been bugging me to get that too, and I just I don't know. I'll start I've off. Been, yeah, I've been I've been enjoying Arkham Horror, so I'm sort of happy with that. I don't know about Battlestar Galactica. It doesn't yeah. until you until you're ready to move on, don't listen to them. Well, don't. you know what the thing is, is that I'm much more, I really like the idea of sort of a theme and storytelling and stuff more than mechanics. Well, Battlestar Galactica has that in spades. It's Battlestar Galactica. Have, do you not under, hear the words coming out of your mouth? Matt, do you not uh, understand that I hate the TV show as much as you do? I know, and what happened to you that you were playing the game based on it? Uh, peer pressure. So the oh, same, okay. Same. All right, there you go. <laughs> exactly what is being applied to you at this point. So. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so you just succumbed while I remain resolute. Yeah, I did. You'll, you'll, you'll succumb eventually. But yeah, get Arkham Horror out of your system, and, and then you can try it. All, All right, right, so uh, Jason T. McMaster, this leaves you. I, I, I'm pretty sure your game of the week is League of Legends. But oh, you yeah. Know, Surprise. Wait, Dota. It's, it's probably Dota 2. Yeah, or Dota 2. Surprise yeah. me. Make uh, you know, Prove me wrong. Well, hmm. You know, <laughs> there's a funny know. story behind that. No, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I haven't played a lot of games this week outside of League of Legends, but um, I have played... I, I finished Fear 3 in co-op mode. I, I thought you would be proud of that, Tom. Or did you enjoy it as much as I did? Was it? Uh, what you think? Uh, you know, I didn't like like the last few levels. I didn't like the last couple of levels very much. Where well, the constant psychic screaming and the running around a bridge thing was kind of. There's whatever. a weird. It's like a almost like you know what we're gonna get in a kind of a storytelling cutsceney level. Uh, it's almost a formality with a little boss thing at the end. Yeah, that that was a weird way to end. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was one of the strangest boss fights too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, you shot the guy. Game over. Um, yeah. But um, you know what, though, you, Jason T. McMaster, I will take that boss fight over any one of the boss fights in Deus Ex: Human Revolution any day. What do you think of that? Yeah. I, well, I heard know. Alpha Protocol was better than Deus Ex anyway. So I hear. Oh, <laughs> scuttlebutt on the street. Alpha Protocol greater than Deus Ex. This, so. this is the worst rumor ever. By the way, I, I did a, uh, I did a, a podcast with uh, the fellows at Joystick about Deus Ex, and near the end of the podcast, I mentioned, you know, hey, Alpha Protocol is great. If you like Deus Ex, you should try Alpha Protocol. And you would have thought I had told those guys to like eat raw snails or something. I mean, they were like, well, wow. hey, 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 don't bag on escargot. That is actually one of my favorite dishes. Uh, okay, how about uh, raw oysters? Yeah. Also quite good. <laughs> I don't know where to go then. You would have thought I told them to take a cheese grater to their calves. How about that? All right, that's, that works. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so, uh, so so Jason, you finished Fear 3. Good on you. Uh, yeah, but I, I would say the game that, God, you know, I don't even know. I've been playing Resident Evil 5 and Rock. Oh, Rage. that game's so good. Well, I do love Resident Evil 5, yeah. but... But I've been Tom still hasn't that. finished that on the hardest difficulty, have you, Tom? I haven't because a certain fellow named Mary Prankster on my Xbox list never has the time to. Hey, I'm pretty sure that's. I have multiple times, at least twice, offered. <laughs> no, I do get these great messages from you, Matt. Uh, Low hanging fruit. <laughs> it's kind of like, hey, you want to finish Resident Evil Five? And usually it's when I'm playing something for work or an assignment I've got to do. But no, you've been great, and one of these days I will definitely take you up. Oh, I'm just giving you a hard time. No, no, no. I'm serious. I'm not, and I'm not even doing the let's do lunch thing like we do in L.A. when we never mean it. I really do want to finish Resident Evil 5 on hard. And I, 
So, actually, McMaster, is this then your game of the week? Can we talk about Resident Evil 5? I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? Wow, we just derailed you completely. <laughs> Did we just badger you into choosing a game of the week? It was either going to be that or Rock of Ages, and I've only played maybe an hour of Rock of Ages, so Resident Evil 5's good. Okay, well, let's table Rock of Ages, because I think it got delayed for a week, if I'm not mistaken. It's, it's out. On it Steam. It's on the 360. Oh, you PC people. I see. You just yeah. don't get it. Wow, that's par for the course. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got the 360 version. I mean, I'm crazy. But so your your actual game of the week, Resident Evil uh, four, yeah, five. Um, and what possessed you to pick it up, Jason T. McMaster? A friend of mine and I have been playing through a bunch of co-op stuff lately. Finished Fear Three. Saints Row Two keeps crashing for us for some reason, and um, so you know, waiting for Dead Island to come out. And, uh, started playing some Resident Evil 5 because it has the mercenaries as well as the co-op campaign. And is that, have you been doing the mercenaries mode or have you been playing the campaign? Oh, we've been playing the campaign, but I can't wait to move on to the mercenaries. I love the mercenaries mode and I am so yeah. bummed it was never offered for the PC. I hate yeah. the mercenaries mode. You tried to get me to play that a couple times and I just didn't get into it. Well, it's a scoring challenge. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like the club in a way, and they're yeah. farming the zombies for points or weapons, depending. And you can do it competitively or cooperatively. And I just like how many different options there are there. I liked versus more though. I thought that was a lot more exciting with the well, you like, know what? trying to shoot each other, but still trying to deal with the zombie. Yeah, it had all the estimates, elements of mercenaries, but added like. Trying to shoot your buddy in the face too made it more. No, wait, you're absolutely right, and I'm conflating them. I'm, I'm folding in uh, versus mode with mercenaries. So. Oh, all right, F- fair enough, fair enough. Well, I, no, that's a mistake on my point because you're right; they are distinct thing. Mercenaries is the scoring thing, and then later, I believe you, you had could, to pay for mercenaries. Exactly, you could buy separately to download, i.e., unlock uh, <laughs> mercenary that, that versus mode, uh, and I yeah. really like that. And that's what you can't get on the PC. Yeah, uh, that was kind of fun, and it was what great. Was the- Fewer players too for just a couple of players yeah. because well, yeah, the was, playing me. that. Yeah. I've never played versus mode. I don't think. Oh, uh, I love it. We know what we're doing later. <laughs> I uh, don't. Don't even joke about. It. Well, you know what? If it wasn't for Dead Island, I totally would. Uh, but mercenaries uh, versus mode. I'm totally screwing this up. Like there's this idea, McMaster, that okay, we're all on the same level and we have to kill each other, of course. But the level's also full of zombies. And Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the way you get weapons is you have to focus on the zombies and kill them for a while, right? Yeah, and like there are weapons in places, but they often it often requires wading oh, yeah. through a lot of big nasty zombies to get them. You yeah. know, while your friend is chasing you down with his better weapon, you know, I mean, it's just or picking you off from somewhere that you can't see because it has yeah, these that's always a good time levels. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, why doesn't that take off more for multiplayer? That you got just spend another couple of bucks on it and no one did so it was like whatever man i have capcom it tries so hard to make me hate them and sometimes it works but most of the time i wish i didn't like capcom so much damn it yeah they get a lot of goodwill from me based off monster hunter i mean yeah that's a good i'm a huge i've got like something like 500 hours into try or something like that i mean it's just ridiculous but Do, do you have a platinum trophy I, if if there were trophies on the Wii, I, I would argue I would probably have a platinum trophy for Monster Hunter. That is one game where I have really looked in every corner, as it were. <laughs> did you say uh, Did you say Dead Island? Have you got your copy already? Uh, no, I have not. Uh, oh. But I, I do have an assignment, and I, I I will be playing it. It's just that 
Like I would, I would love to. Like McMaster, it sounds like you've been playing some Resident Evil Five to kind of tide yourself over until Dead Island. Arrived. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like uh, it's just kind of uh, I don't know. Uh, Catherine was kind of a disappointment to me and just kind of blah. Deus Ex I'm getting into, but I, I'm so not a stealth gamer that it just makes the game so much more difficult. I, I just uh, God, I have to stab. I have to do something. I, I can't hold it back. It's all about the save and reload. Yeah, and it's a pain in the ass in that game. The reload uh, times are ridiculous. Now, Jason T. McMaster, answer me this. So you're waiting on Dead Island like the rest of us. You're super excited about it. You've played a build of it. Why? Yeah, I've got, I've got an assignment for it, too. Good. Now, why, who's your assignment for, by the way, so we can plug that? The Shark. So on the shark, the game shark, there will be a Jason T. McMaster of Dead Island. Looking forward to it. But tell me, Jason T. McMaster, while you're jonesing for Dead Island, why do you go to Resident Evil 5 instead of Dead Ri- No, Dead Rising De- Dead Rising 2? Um, Resident Evil 5 for the co-op co-op factor. You know, so Dead Rising I mean, 2. You got co-op there. Yeah, kinda. You know, you got those. Uh, you know, I guess you do, don't you? But I will grant you know I, I'm baiting you I'm leading you here I think the co-op in Dead Rising Two is is pretty awful it's like an afterthought like they did it because they could and there's no real gameplay mechanics built into it whereas Resident Evil Five very very supremely cooperative like everything in there is for the two is for what's her name and what's his name to do together. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. satisfying to get a headshot in Resident Evil Five and watch their heads explode like grapefruits. Yeah, I don't recall that from Dead. Hitting X or something. Yeah, there's a there's plenty of gore. Come on, you can take lawnmowers to them. There's there's, there's gore, but it's not satisfying gore. It's not like aiming, lining oh, no. up, shooting, watching the head pop. It's just like mashy. See, I find it very satisfying. I think really? what it is, Matt, I would say, is that it's more sort of common and throwaway. Like every headshot counts in Dead Rising or in yeah. uh, in Resident Evil Five, whereas headshots are a dime a dozen, splattering zombies are a dime a dozen because yeah. there are a hundred of them at any given moment in Dead Rising Two. It feels a lot less special. There's no impact. It's just like yeah, right, I just wave through another pile of these things. Whereas you, when you get when you take out a dude with one bullet and you don't have unlimited ammo unlocked yet right. in Resident Evil Five. You are pretty excited about that. And I would say not just no impact, but and I think this is what you're getting at as well, there's not as much of a sense of threat, and uh, so therefore it's not as satisfying. Like, they're just yeah. kind of, it's like mowing grass almost in, in Dead Rising 2. <laughs> zombie grass. It's, yeah, it's zombie grass. It's on dead grass, and it makes a satisfying splat, but it's nowhere near the accomplishment that it is in, in Resident Evil. Uh, yeah, because those oh, zombies are yeah. tough in Resident Evil. I mean, they take a lot of bullets if you don't get them in the head. Don't mess around, yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, the big difference, uh, the games are so different, though. I mean, they're so absolutely different. Dead Rising Two is just about the, just the, unbelievable amount of zombies. You know, yeah. that was always that's, that was always the thing that impressed me the most about the first game as well, as they pulled off just hundreds of zombies uh, on screen at a time at all. And I will say I I respect both games immensely for how they don't have a traditional like level based approach. You know, the whole the whole structure of Dead Rising 2 where you jump in and time passes, you can do whatever you want. You can do the missions or you can just let them lapse and run around if you want. I love that as a as a a kind of a game to return to and just play with. And similarly, uh, Resident Evil 5 with this idea of leveling up your weapons and you can just jump into a level and and earn some money – uh, you know, both games are just so welcoming to return to. 
Uh, I love that about both of them. They're good games. Yeah, yeah I, uh, Unlimited Ammo is uh, incredibly entertaining. So, McMaster, can we talk you into changing your game of the week to Dead Rising 2? <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, it's right. Dead Rising 2 now. <laughs> Perfect. I, I have a metal case for that one, too. Oh, my God, actually, I, I ordered two copies of Dead Rising 2 because they were Why? two special editions. You need help, sir. <laughs> I know a good therapist. He's helped me with my issues. He may be able to help you work through some of yours. Well, it was it was like, you know, I couldn't choose because one of them came with Zombrex and all that, and the other one came with a giant case of poker chips, and that was a Capcom-only one. I, I didn't know to... those were separate. I knew you could get both of those, but wow, you have got – McMaster, I really want to see your collection. I, I want to come over and see <laughs> where you keep your video games and what cool stuff you've got set up there. Oh, yeah, I've got – I got way too much stuff. I got some of some of my favorite press stuff and some of the crazier stuff, but mostly it's all just special edition things. And you know what? If you were if you were Matt here, you would just truck it over to some game shop and sell it so you could buy the latest board game, I bet. You know what? You know what? If you were Matt, you probably wouldn't have acquired it in the first place. I remember actively pushing people away at PAX who were trying to give me swag. Wow. wow. Like that driving me nuts. Yeah, they're like handing you all this garbage. And I'm like, oh, dude, I don't want to be walking around with three bags of garbage by the end of the day. I'm not a waste disposal <laughs> guy. I'm here to see video games. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. not so much like that at E3, really. Ugh. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, just like uh, I, all that crap. I can't stand Chotskis. Oh, yeah. It's usually at E3, it's like at least kind of useful stuff half the time, like notepads and stuff like that. All right, I can see that, but still, I wouldn't take it. I don't know. It's just well, stuff. I, I hate stuff. I know I'm Tom anti McMaster when it comes to that. Like I want Tom has the coolest messenger bag ever too. Speaking of E3, I do swag. Yeah, you remember your your SingStar bag? Oh, how dare you! How dare you out me? <laughs> You have a six-star bag? Oh, that must go so nicely with your flower tattoo. He's not talking about me. He's talking about Tom... Uh, uh, oh, it's far too early for that, Tom, sir. Tom Cruise was at E3 plugging SingStar, and he had a SingStar bag. It was... <laughs> oh, you were just, you, oh, whatever. You you were proud of that. <laughs> I did. I did. It was, uh, it was... I don't like carrying, like... Brand stuff, but it was just perfectly sized for the the minimal amount of things I had to carry around. And so you know what, McMaster? Okay, here you go. So yeah, I had a SingStar bag, and you know what? The last day of E3, we were trying to get into the Sony booth, and we didn't really have an appointment, and it was kind of an ordeal, and there was a bunch of stuff we wanted to see, and the poor PR lady was so beleaguered, and she just wanted to get out of there, so she kind of sighed and graciously let us in, and at one point, she's showing me around to different stuff, and she kind of sidled up to me, and she pointed at the bag, and she's like, I worked on that. And I think oh. I think that's what got us into the Sony booth at the end, is oh. the star bag, so what do you think that? If that story does not end up with a hookup and you and that lady, that bag is still useless. Oh, is that, is that the criteria yes, for? That is the criteria for a SingStar bag. That's right. How to tote a SingStar bag with dignity, it has to result in a, in a hookup. Exactly. Now, what's my statute of limitations? Like, can I still pursue this, or did it have to happen? No, that no, day? no, no. Any, it is in effect anytime you were carrying that SingStar bag. But anytime you are carrying that SingStar bag and said hookup does not result, you should feel tremendous shame. All right, fair enough. Rats. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, McMaster had a Hello Kitty underwear. What do you think yep. of that? I sure did. <laughs> How did you turn that around on me? You're supposed to be ashamed of that. Come in, I, it, it requires having shame, Tom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
<laughs> if you right. already have no dignity, nothing matters. Good point. Uh, all right, so those are our games of the week. Uh, those are all of McMaster's various games of the week. Uh, yeah, yeah, you had a lot this week. That was good. Matt, yeah, we- work uh, choosing something analog instead of digital. Way to buck the trend. Uh, and uh, well, that picked- is the trend because last week was a board game too, wasn't it? We, we've definitely we want to give board games their their fair share of time. Uh, oh yeah, sure. I yeah. love them. Uh, and also, we want to give games that get poor Metacritic and game rankings scores, like Body Count, their fair share of time as well. And Duke uh, Nukem. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I heard Duke Nukem was really good. I, I guess there's these oh. two guys that do this uh, quarter to three podcast that really liked it a lot. I remember listening. Yeah, to that. here's what I'll say about, about Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem is no Body Count. No. There you go. Good for body count. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know what? I'm worried now that people are going to like play body count and think that it's awesome, and when it's it, when it's not as awesome as they think, they're going to think, ah, Tom Chick doesn't know what he's talking about. So I just want to say temper your expectations because I didn't know anything about it. Uh, if you temper them, I, I really do recommend it. It's, it's just a good, solid shooter. The problem is it's kind of short on content, and it's a full-priced thing. So if that matters to you – Wait uh, two weeks. You know what? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, they almost. It seems like so many games these days are like a few weeks after they release on sale for like ten or twenty off for like a week or two, and then they go back up. So, if you're on the fence, it's pretty easy just to be like, okay, I'll just wait for that bump and then go. Then, so keep an an eye on the bargain bins when you see body count in there. Consider it Tom Chick endorsed. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing endorsement. Yeah, the little beret on it. No, we need a little bird with a beret icon symbol so that we can start putting that on your games. I like that. Seal of quality. Yeah, good. Uh, all right, McMaster, what are we going to do for folks next week on the Quarter to Three podcast? A little song, a little dance, a little seltzer in your pants. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. I meant post of the week, game of the week, and news of the week. I think I like the first one better. Let's do that. Ed. <laughs> Only if you come back and join us for that, Matt. <laughs> all right, all right. I could be induced to – my list of shame and skeletons in my closet are far worse than dancing with seltzer in my pants. So, <laughs> uh, Well, Matt, thank you for hanging out with us today. Hey, thanks for yeah. having me. And I wish you the best of luck next time you go up against one of those elder gods whose names you can't pronounce. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. Good. We're, uh, we're, not, we're not faring well. <laughs> it's not. I mean, you know what? That's no, no. part of the Arkham Horror experience. You have yeah. to lose. Yeah. You don't. You don't really win much in the no, old Arkham no. <laughs> it, it seems that way, but the, the funnest games have been like the really close losses, where it's like, oh, oh kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, Those are the best moments. I that. even enjoy the uh, the crushing defeats, by the way. like we, I had one game where we were all uh, consumed by, quote, Cthulhu's flabby maw. Oh, <laughs> and you know what? That's... We didn't. We didn't have a chance. We lost that game the entire time. It was mostly hopeless. And to just know that you ended up in Cthulhu's flabby maw, it was memorable. I enjoyed it. Yeah, nice. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, speaking of flabby maws, Jason T. McMaster and I will be back next week uh, with another guest. Uh, and join us then. Uh, I am Tom Chick. This has been uh, Jason T. McMaster and Matt, a.k.a. Mary Prankster. Uh, We appreciate you joining us, and we will hopefully see everyone next week. Booyah. Sweet. Sweet.